0: what's going on guys? James Camacho here. This is kicking it with Camacho. Coming to you live from New York City where it's been raining for a goddamn week straight. <coughs> oh my god, I got COVID-17. Um yeah, it's been raining for a week straight in New York, man. I don't know what's going on. It's what is it? It's it's October, right? It's not it's not April, it's not May. Why is it why is it raining? Is the world falling apart? Is climate change bringing... That's the new thing now. Anytime someone goes, oh, uh, whoa, it's so hot now. It's never this hot. Climate change, all right? Or if it's like too cold, whoa, it's snowing in fucking March. Climate change. Like, I got to be honest, man. My entire life, people have been saying that, you know? So I guess climate change has been happening my entire life because... I remember when I was five, it would snow fifty-five inches, and it, and people would be like, "Climate change, it's a real thing, god damn it!" And I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that, be, it's like a conversation filler, you know, you know what I mean? Not mine, not mine. Like, like, um, here's 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 a good example. In stand-up comedy, right? There's like a running joke with comedians. Like, if you uh, if you go to a show, if you go to perform on a show. Where it's like lightly attended, you always go. Well, you know, it's the time of the year, back to school. People got to go back to work. Just, just got back from the summer. Uh, kids are back in school. Yada, yada, yada. Right? That's why there's no people. But it's like, it doesn't matter what time of year you go. Like people always make that excuse, right? So let's say I go to a club in September. Back to school. Everyone, you know, summer. You know, summer's over. Everyone's depressed. Don't want to go out. But then, like, if you do a club in, like, uh, January, oh, the cold weather, just finished the holidays, that's why there's no crowd. But then in May, oh, well, May, uh, May's gay, that's why there's no crowd, you know? It's, there's always some excuse. May's usually, like, May's gay is not a real thing. Um, <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm gay in May. Whee! But, yeah, in, uh, in the summer, like, our spring, when the weather starts to get nice... The excuse will be like, oh, well, you know, the weather is getting nice. Temperatures are rising. People want to be outside. That's why there's no crowd. The reality is if there's no crowd at your show, your promotion sucks or the person on the show can't draw dick, which is usually my case. Uh. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, last week, we did a Q&A and uh, we got through like, I think I want to say... If I were to put my testicles on it, seven questions, five on the freebie and two on the Patreon. Which, if you don't already sign up for the Patreon, um, there's a there's a there's a bunch of you know I I did that uh, raffle giveaway thing for the wristbands, and uh, now one of you sign up for the Patreon. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyways, but if you want to sign up for the Patreon. Like I say every week, bonus episodes, shout outs, yidi yada, bidi bada, only five bucks a month, Um, support me, and um, I'm going to start, if I haven't already, um, I'm going to start uploading some of my stand-up content a little earlier on there, so yeah, I'm working hard, man, I'm working hard. I did the math too, so right now I have three Patreon members, Um, shout out Zach Robles, Shamari Linton and QQ. Um, um so that's fifteen bucks a month with after tax, probably like three cents. And uh no after tax I think it's like thirteen bucks. And um I put about let's see, preparing for the podcast is about an hour, recording the podcast hour, editing <coughs> hour. And then like miscellaneous hours. So about four hours a week I put into the podcast, right? Four times four is 16. Ooh, I'm going to get so Asian right now. I'm going to do a bunch of calculations out loud. Um, 16 hours a month I put into making the podcast. And then the bonus content, let's say every week, bonus content, editing, subtitling, uh, watching the tape and hating myself. Let's say that's another four hours a week. I mean, let's say if I watch the set and I, I I subtitle, edit, all that stuff, that's about an hour, two hours, upload three. So about three times four, 12, 12 hours making content plus the podcast, which is 16, 28 hours a month. I put into the Patreon they I have three subscribers making 13 bucks a month. So I am working on about 50 cents per hour. Um, but I don't give a fuck. I um, Every comment, like Zach uh, has been writing to me on the Patreon. It's been super sweet. Um, every comment, every like means a, a shit ton to me, and I really appreciate it. Um, I'm short on love, so any love you can give me would be much appreciated. All right, so we're going to continue the Q&A this week. Um, got through about seven questions last week. We still got a bunch more. Thanks again for sending in. Um, if you have something you want to ask me, uh, write to me. Um, I see everything, so you can you can comment, you can DM, you can email, you can uh, you know you write a note, handwrite a note, put it on a carrier pigeon, flick its ass, and then it'll come to me. Um, but yeah, let's get right into the questions. Um, very excited to answer some. Uh, I went through them and, uh, these are some good, you guys got some really good questions. You all should be like, uh, professional podcasters or interviewers, you know, or host, whatever, you know, daily morning talk show where you have someone on, you know, at four in the morning, seven coffees in. it's just stay awake and just, just ask questions. You know, there's nothing more uncomfortable than when you, when you do a TV shoot and, um, you're on like two hours of sleep because a lot of times these call times for these TV shows, movies are like, it'll be like 5 a.m. So you have to wake up at like three, shower, shit, shave, masturbate, and you got to get the set. And, you know, the night before you were obviously you were partying and you get like three hours of sleep and then you get there. And like, I think it's like pra- standard, practice standard, standard practice. That's the word standard practice to like have breakfast. And there's no weirder feeling than being on, like, two hours of sleep and, and eating breakfast. You know what I mean? It's just, like, it's just so weird because, like, your whole head's groggy and tired and everything wants to, like, shut off. But your body, I guess your stomach is the only thing working, you know? I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Anyways, all right. Let's get to the questions. Um, you guys sent in really good questions. I'm really excited to answer these. Um, so there's kind of, like, two categories I, I found here. Um a bunch of people asked questions that were comedy-related, and some people also asked like uh, personal life questions. So I think what we'll do is we'll go back and forth. We'll do personal life, and then we'll do uh, comedy, okay? So let's start with personal life. Edward Brockman Sanders asked, in your free time, are you loud, or do you keep to yourself? The honest answer... What do you mean by... Wait in my free time. So you mean like when I'm at home or do you mean like, yeah, I guess you mean when I'm not working, right. And I'm not with friends. Um, I gotta be completely honest. Am I, am I loud or do I keep to myself? I keep to myself, man. You know, I'm a very, uh, introverted lone wolfy type of guy. So if I'm not, at, if I'm not out doing stand um, if I'm not out, you know, Uh, Getting a drink with a friend or something like that, which sadly I don't. I don't do that often. Um, I'm just here. I'm in the apartment. I'm working on on uh, on my career. I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. You know, gotta book myself. I gotta uh, I gotta I gotta uh, what do you call it? Uh, Write comedy. I gotta you know make my content. I gotta be a social media guru. I gotta be my own traveling agent. You know, I gotta book my rental cars, my flights for my a lot of shit going on and i gotta do the podcast you know and um so i'm usually just here this is sad but like there are a lot of days where um i literally well it will get to like 5 6 p.m and i literally will not have talked to a single human being all day it's uh it's kind of sad you know so i'm definitely quiet you know i think most people are quiet when they're with themselves you know Unless they're on the phone all the time. But, like, it would be weird if you are just in your home or apartment alone just just yelling at the top of your lungs, you know? I guess I guess if I was a real, if I was 100% Puerto Rican, that's probably what I would do. Just start, you know, rolling my R's for fun. You know? But, no, I'm, I'm a quiet guy. Um, introvert. Also, um, and this kind of connects to a question that's coming up uh, in a little bit. I'm going through a transition period. Not like that. Not like that. Okay. I identify as Caesar Okay. Not like that. Um, I'm kind of going through a life change where I was uh, living with someone and now I'm living alone. So having a kind of an adjustment period. Wink, wink, hint, hint. I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that, but Edward, thank you so much. W- what about you? Are you loud by yourself or, or are you, uh, do you keep... Do you keep do you keep to yourself? I keep to myself, man. A lot of it's out of like um awkwardness too. Not awkwardness, just shyness. I'm scared that if I um God, I wish I was more extroverted, you know? Just going up to people, making friends, you know. Sing sing like, you know, someone I'm attracted to and just going ask just going right up to the ass amount. I just I just get two in my head, you know. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to perceive be perceived as creepy. Mmm. Fucked. Okay, so Edward asked a pretty great question. Now, Gabe Gonzalez, who also just won the wristbands um, giveaway, he asked, did comedy come to you as a defense mechanism growing up? Or was it something you're always passionate about? Um, It came as a that's a great question, Gabe. I feel like Gabe knows comedy pretty well, because I feel like there are two types of people that do stand up comedy. One are people that they grow up with a favorite comedian or maybe they watch a, a talk show like SNL, Letterman, Conan, something like that. And they um, – or it could be sketch comedy. It's like they see comedy and they aspire to do it, right? They're like, oh, I want to be the next Kristen Wiig. I want to be the next Will Ferrell. I want to be the next James Camacho. Just kidding. No one's thinking that. Um, but I think there's another segment of comedians that do comedy as a, as a way of uh, self-expression. And, uh, uh, I guess in a way therapy in a way, because, you know, I'm just speaking for myself, but, um, growing up, I, uh, we've talked about this before, but my mom, uh, very strict. She was just like, you know, I want you to study, get good grades, get a good job. Your social life doesn't matter. And my mom's an immigrant. So she has like English is her second language. So not only was I able to not really do the things I wanted to do, but if I had any problems or anything I wanted to talk about that happened at school or my personal life, I wasn't really able to communicate because, uh, you know, she just, she really wouldn't understand. And then my dad doesn't talk to me at all. So it's like I'm kind of going through and I'm an only child. Right. So I don't have a sibling to kind of bounce things off of. Right. So I'm literally just going my entire life, like in my head um, holding my thoughts in, you know, uh, inward, 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 you know, like, like kind of what Edward's question went about being keeping to myself or being loud. It's like, I keep to myself because that's kind of how I, I, I grew up, you know, like, uh, there's only a certain, you you know, you can have an imaginary friend for so long, (laughs) but, um, you know, all the ideas are in here. So, Comedy really just kind of became of a way for me to get my ideas out there. And, you know, if you're not someone's friend or family or a therapist, you're not, you're not really giving a shit about what people are saying, right? So in order for me to get my ideas out and get the things I want to say out, I got to punch it up and almost, like, force people to listen. So that's kind of how I got into comedy. Definitely, like, a coping mechanism. I think I just got to a point where I was just filled up with so much shit I wanted to to get out be understood that um that's how I turned to comedy you know it's funny because a lot of people I do interviews with um newspapers um uh tv appearances uh you know all these all these things and uh, they ask me how'd you get into comedy were you a big fan of you know who's your favorite stand-up and like I I wasn't that big of a I wasn't a stand-up fan growing up at all I had never watched any of the talk shows I've never watched SNL um comedy is just kind of my way of like uh letting people know the real me, you know? And I don't think either way is better um than the other, you know? I think if you aspire to be the next Will Ferrell or aspire to be the next whatever George Carlin or Eddie Murphy, that's great too, you know? I think both can be really funny and really good at comedy. That's that's my theory with stand comedy. There's two. There's people that uh, want to be comedians and there's people that um are comedians as a way of uh, coping. That's a great question, Gabe. Gonzalez. GG. Let's call you GG. That's great. That's a really good This is why I love you guys. You guys ask such good G damn questions. Um All right, so let's go back to uh a personal question. Patricio Rios that's a sexy name, Patricio. Asked, or maybe it's Patricia, and I spelled it wrong. Shit. But uh, they asked, "Did you break up with your girlfriend? What happened with that?" Um, yes, we uh, we broke up, Shivani, um, the Indian white neuroscientist that I used to talk about. Um, that we yes, that we had a podcast together. We're no longer together. Uh, we broken it up. We broken it up. Oh. so sad but yeah we're no longer together um and um that's kind of what i was talking about earlier about coping i was living with her for almost four years we did all of covid together i mean if you add up all the time we spent together quarantined i mean I, i i i probably spent maybe like a third of my life with her I don't know what the right math is on that, you know? Maybe we maybe maybe we can bust out the calculator and do some math. Asian. But yeah, we uh we broke up. Um it's yeah, it's it sucks, you know? But um I try to be positive about it even though it hurts. I have my moments, you know? But I try to be positive about it. I try to look at it as like, you know, everything happens for a reason and um sometimes to be better in life, you gotta have these kind of harsh lessons, you know? I'm a firm believer that sometimes you gotta just knock everything down and start from scratch if you wanna kinda get to where you want to be, you know? And I'll be honest with you guys, uh she broke up with me and uh I, I didn't really uh I didn't really try too hard to to resist. So that's kinda If that gives you a little more background, you know, I think when you talk about breakup dynamics, it is something where it's like, you know, one person breaks up with the other, the other one doesn't want to, you know, leave, they want them back, X, Y, Z. You know, I would say, regardless of what the situation is, when someone breaks up with the other person, um, they just, you know, they think they can do better. They think the relationship isn't for them. And even as the other person, which I was, as much as I wanted to keep it going and work on it. That was my biggest thing. I wanted to keep working on The relationship was having its issues. And I just wanted to keep working on it. Because I really believed that she could have been the one. And I really wanted to work on work on it. Try my best. But it takes two to tango, baby. Woo! And uh, you know, both sides need to be uh, willing to uh work on it for a relationship to work and uh in this case she wanted to end it and um i got kicked to the curb man i got kicked to the curb man you should have seen it man it was so sad man but yeah we're we're not together um i just think you guys probably know that right i've been talking about it here and there on the podcast I'm trying not to get too open about it, in my personal life. One, because I'm, it's still emotional. I'm working through it, and two, it's like, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, like I said, it's still too, it's, it still hurts. It's still, uh, what's, what's, you know, when, you know, like, it's like doing a 9, a nine eleven joke on nine thirteen. You know, it's like, it's too soon, right? Let let it marinate. Let the emotions flush out. Get a little logical and talk about it. You know, even on stage. You know, I I have a, some bits about it on stage, but nothing, nothing too serious. You know, it's it's and it's mostly the material I do about it, which you guys should come see a live show and hear me talk about it. But it's mostly about how I, it's like reflection on on uh, how I fucked up and what I think I did wrong in a relationship, you know? So we're not together. I love, I love your wording by the, of the question, by the way, did you break up with the girlfriend? What happened with that? <laughs> what happened with that? As if it was like a, like a, like a, like a thing I, I tried to do, but failed at. I gave up on, you know, it's like, it's like, Hey, you, st- you still, uh, you still doing comedy? What happened with that? <laughs> just like, I love that wording. Um, all right. Thanks, Patricio. Um, that's a great question. And, um, sorry, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, follow me from a lot of my material about her, but, uh, it's, it's, it's no longer. And, um, if you want to unfollow me cause we're not together, I totally get it. You should go follow her. She's very smart and, uh, beautiful and she's going to be all right. All right. So let's go back to a comedy question. Ron Hayes asked me, have you ever flat out bombed on stage? If so, how do you find the testicles to show up for the next show? Love it. Love it. Love you guys squeezing in multiple questions at once. Um, have I ever flat out bombed on stage? This is a question I get all the time, and I'm surprised people ask it. It's like, have you ever bombed? A- yes, of course. What do you think? It's like, do people really think? there are comedians that have never bombed on stage let me tell you something real quick if you ever talk to a comedian and they tell you they've never done bad on stage they are full of shit full of shit 100 percent full of shit all right of course i bombed on stage you know i bomb on stage uh still you know it's just when you get better more experienced at comedy bombing the term bombing kind of it gets a little bit fluid it, it, the bombs happen less, you know, to me, a bomb is when you're up there, the crowd doesn't like you, and then you give up on yourself, and then you're said it's just fucking awkward, that, that's what it is, right, when you, and when I was first starting out, that happened all the time, because I have no confidence, right, or had no confidence in my stand-up ability, so if the crowd wasn't feeling me, I didn't know really how to, how to work around it and process that, so you you give up on stage, right? Your shoulders start start going down. You, 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 you look like a banana peel up there, right? You're like a limp dick, you know? And uh, But as you get forward and more forward in comedy, you start to learn how to work through bombs, you know? So, like, so let's say the crowd's not feeling me now. I'm able to kind of like in a way get them on my side. Even if they don't agree with what I'm saying or really like me, I can kind of still get them to like laugh. Um, and there's just times where, even if they're not really feeling it or if it's a tough crowd, I just don't give a shit. So I'm having fun. Bombing is really when like you give up, the crowd's not feeling you. And the, the, all you want to do is get the fuck out of there, you know? And, um, I don't get that that often just cause like I said, it's like, I, I do have a pretty strong ego on stage. The crowd's not feeling me. I really, really don't give a shit. And, um, I don't let it hurt me, but what gives me the testicles I'll show up for the next show honestly man it's probably my fucking delusion that I I think I got something important to say you know my 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 threshold for pain and suffering is pretty high um that those are probably the things you know it's like if I have a bad set all I want to do really is just go up there again and redeem myself you know so I can see how from an outside perspective, if you go through a bomb, something that horrific, you're like, oh, my God, I can never do that again. But as comedians, when you've done it enough time, it's like, you know, if like, it's cliche. But if you're riding a bike, right, and you fall, but you, you rode in a bike for years, you just you just fucking whatever your shoelace got tied in the, 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 the rotator thing or, or whatever. You, you, you go over a, a pothole and you fly off, you're going to get back on because you know how to ride the bike, you know. So it's kind of like that. Um, yeah, but I, I see, like, you know, if you don't have uh, enough experience doing well and most most of your experience is bombing, you might be wary to get on stage. But then again, there's a lot of comedians that don't do well most of the time and they, they still go back up there. Um, so, Ron, I have bombed on stage. Um, and... Uh, the testicles, I was born with these testicles to show up for the next show, <laughs> oh man, yeah, um okay, and uh, do we have another personal Christopher Logan Biggs that sounds like a it's like a movie star name, right this summer to a theater near you, Christopher Logan Biggs is. Um, he asked me what my favorite meal of the day is. I would say um, probably uh, dinner and then it's breakfast and then lunch. Lunch is really like breakfast and dinner are pretty close. Um, lunch is way down there, you know, because dinner usually I have a nice big meal. I get some, uh, you know, usually I have like a steak or some protein like chicken or, or something. Um, it's more of a complete meal. Um, something to look forward to also it's towards the end of the day. So it's something you eat and then you kind of like wind down a little bit. And breakfast is great because like, uh, to me, breakfast food is food. You just, you just don't eat any other part of the day. So it's like, this is the window to eat it. Like eggs, pancakes, oatmeal, um, bacon, right? Sausage, all that shit. It's just very lunch and, and dinner feels interchangeable. Like you can have a, you can have a chicken for lunch. You can have a chicken for dinner. You know what I mean? You can have rice, lunch, and dinner, but for breakfast, it really just feels like uh, it's just these foods, and it's also like it's it's the first meal you have in the day. Break fast, literally, and uh, it's just like, you know, all right, let's consume this energy, and let's fucking tackle the day, so breakfast is fun. Um, yeah, I look forward, especially when I, you know, fly for uh, when I tour, it's like I love getting to that Delta Lounge and just, you know, vacuuming all these eggs and sausage, you know, and then knocking out on the flight. So breakfast, Oh no, no, dinner first, breakfast. Also, there's nothing better than going out. I would say for going out, it's definitely dinner, right? Because you dress up, you uh, pretend like you're rich, right? You sit there, you have a drink. That's nothing too. You can pair dinner with booze, which makes it more fun. And then, you know, if you're going to go on a date and impress someone, dinner, right? There's that old thing where it's like if you take a, someone for for breakfast or lunch, it's not a real date or something. That's like a friend zone thing. I don't know. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. I want to say dinner and breakfast are my favorite meals of the day. Um, okay. Let's do one more for uh, free, for the freebies. And then uh, we'll do the Patreon. So, um, Jackie Rowell asked What's it like being on stage In front of people Do the hecklers heckle often What is your response Well first off the hecklers Do heckle often Hecklers are hecklers But other hecklers often At comedy shows Very often I would say 85% of comedy shows I do There's a heckler 80 to 85% and to you guys, that might sound crazy, but, you know, it's just kind of the shows I'm doing too, right? I'm doing a lot of shows um, at bars. I'm doing comedy clubs where um, people don't really know who I am, right? So sometimes people want to shout shit at me. Um, but I think the further along you are, like Chris Stefano, he just did all these theaters in New York City. If you're like uh Tom Segura or Nate Bargatze doing these theaters, you're probably not getting heckled very often, right? Everyone's there to see you, and then they want to hear what you got to say, right? For me, it's a little bit of a different story. I get heckled probably, you know, like I think I have a couple shows uh, from from this from tonight to Saturday. I have a bunch of shows, right? Let's say I have five this weekend in Colorado, and then uh, a couple in the city. Let's say I have 8 shows, right? I would say I'm going to get heckled on 5 of them, 4 of them, depending on the crowds. But yeah, I get heckled very often. And um what is my response to hecklers? I I so my my way of doing it is like I'm not vicious with hecklers. What I my strategy is kind of like to let them talk and then I make I I try to get on top by making a joke from what they're saying so let's say I'm getting heckled I'll respond talk a little bit and then when they say something I feel like I can I can have a joke on I'll say it and then if I get the laugh in my mind I've kind of won the, the battle right it's like you're trying to be funny but I'm gonna be funnier you know so that's how I try to do it um there's some comedians that when they get heckled they just have them thrown out immediately or they start going into them right they'll, they'll call their mother the c-word They'll, they'll rip them apart. I don't do that. That's just not who I am, you know? Um, I like to do it where, like, I let them kind of attempt to do what I'm doing, which is be funny. And then I just like to um, uh, out overmatch them, I guess, right? Or outshine them. Because in a way, it's like, it, it's almost like they're G-checking you, you know? you guys know what I mean? G-check is when they, like, like uh, G-checking, um, I don't know if this is the thing anymore, but when I was in school, I grew up in this neighborhood that had like a like a ghetto in it and if you this is crazy but there were actual like blood crips in my school not many but like it, they were there and if you like wore a red bandana or a blue bandana or, or whatever if you had some gang if you, if you were trying to have some gang affiliation or whatever you would get g-checked like they would like come up to you And they would like uh, try to fight you. They would ask you what like uh, gang signs are, like do the blood walk, do the crip walk, whatever. Or it's almost like if you're in a fraternity and you're going to an opposite campus to visit and you try to go into that fraternity house of the fraternity you're in. So let's say you're in Zeta in uh, Rutgers and then you go to Penn State and then, you know, there's a Zeta house there. You go there and then they'll check you, right? Like they'll do like what's the founding fathers, what's uh, you know, whatever. What did, how much semen did you eat off that cookie to get in this frat? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you, you know what I mean? Like, so so they check you, right? They kind of check you to see if um you're really who you say you are. So uh fuck, what was my point? This is just about comedy somehow. Um I I just I like to uh Oh, so when people heckle me, they're checking me to see like, are you really funny? Like, are am I funnier than you? And then if you can get a bigger laugh than them, or you can outshine them, then you're proving like, I'm funny. I'm the dominant. I'm the alpha. And you could just shut. You just you don't need to talk. So that's kind of my strategy. Um, But again, there's two types of hecklers too. There's hecklers that you know they'll they're like gnats. You know, they go in your ear. You're just like, ah, Jesus, get the fuck away. And then you eventually hit it, and it's gone. Um, But there's also some that, like, they're drunk or they're just completely stupid, and they, like, what they heckle is nonsensical, right? So you'll be like, you know, they'll heckle you, and you'll be like, uh, like, uh, what did you say? And they'll be like, the the, the goat is blue on Saturday when I screwed my sister, and you're just like, what the fuck? And then you, those are, those people need to be thrown out, because there's just no reasoning with them, you know, there's no logic, so... That happens sometimes too, and those are the real annoying hecklers. Um, and then Jackie also asked; uh, she asked three questions in her question. Um, Jackie Rowell also asked, "What is it like to being on stage in front of people?" Um, being on stage in front of people is pretty pretty wild, I would say. It when you first do stand up, it's it's pretty crazy. You're just people are just looking at you, and you're just like, "Oh my!" Like you do kind of feel weird about it. But then obviously, the more times you do it you know, it doesn't bother you anymore, you know, it's weird, it's a crazy thing, like, and it's only something that comedians and, like, public speakers really know, it's like, they're comfortable with people staring, I remember I had this instructor when I was doing stand-up, when I was taking a comedy class when I first started, he would always say, like, you know, the first thing you guys got to worry about, you got to get up on stage as much as possible, and, you know, why, and you'd be like, you got to get used to weird eyes looking at you. Weird eyes looking at you. So, yeah, it's just something you get used to after a while. People being like, and there's also going to be people that just stare at you like, and you got to get used to that too. So, that's what it's like doing stand up. Um, People are going to yell at you and stare at you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that is the conclusion of this week's podcast. Um, we'll do the Patreon now, which will feature a couple more questions. Again, I say it every week. Sign up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash James Camacho for five bucks a month. You get bonus content, which is the rest of the episodes. You get early access to episodes. You get a shout out and you'll get early access to stand up clips and uh, just the more personalized uh uh, back and forth as well. It's Facebook and uh, the other uh, apps, uh, apps, the other apps, the other apps. It's, um, not to brag, but there's a lot of notifications I get, a lot of people commenting, a lot of stuff. So I can't see everything, but if you sign up for the Patreon, I will always respond, and because I'll be able to actually see, um, if you hit me up. Um, all right, guys, thanks again. Oh, come see me on tour. I want to say when this comes out, I will be in Baltimore this weekend. I'll be in Mount Airy this weekend as well. And then, um, uh, hitting the road hard. Um, oh, my headline show in New York City, October 21st. And then October 24th, 26th, Las Vegas, um, Dallas after that. And then Houston, Toronto. Oh, good Lord. I can't remember anything. Washington, DC, St. Pete Beach, Florida. And, uh, more, 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 more. JamesKamatsu.com for all tour dates. Let's do this goddamn Patreon. Lightning